she'd throw me the codes for the budgets and I would be able to look at each bill and really get to understand what it was costing for the networks to do what they were doing. That's what gave me the ability to do the job that I wound up getting at MTV because I understood the costs of production and how to move money around, how to budget, figure out how to make a production work on the amount of money that we had to work with. You're listening to Financial Grown Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown Up. And you know what? Being a grown up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Hey, friends, that was film, TV, and theater producer Jenna Siegel talking show business number crunching. Welcome, everyone, to the show. If you have not already, please hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. If you are new to the show, great to have you. As our returning listeners know, we keep the episodes short because we know you're busy. About 15 minutes, just give you a story, a little context, something to think about, a takeaway, and an everyday money tip. Of course, if you have more time, listen to a few episodes. All right, let's get back to today's money story. Jenna Siegel's long list of productions include Gigi on Broadway, starring Vanessa Hutchins, the recent revival of Le Liaison Dangereux, hope I said that correctly, as well as the off-Broadway show, What We Are Up Against. She has also had stints at Viacom, including MTV and Nickelodeon, as well as in news, places like CNN and CNBC, where, as you will hear, she worked for my cousin, Robin. Hey, Robin. Also, no matter how fabulous the show is, you're going to learn from Jenna, there is still math and a lot of people that have to get paid. If you can't crunch the numbers, the show does not go on. Jenna Siegel got her ambition early on and it amped up when, as a teen, her family had some big financial drama. Now her career still has drama, just also comedy, mystery, love stories, and all that showbiz stuff. Here is Jenna Siegel. Hey, Jenna Siegel, you're a financial grown-up. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Bobby. How are you? It's so exciting to be on. I am excited to have you because you have so many interesting projects. You are the head of Siegel NYC, which is Broadway production company. You're also a TV producer, and you've got a number of projects going on right now. I have convinced you to give us a little sneak peek on one project. Tell us a little about that. Very famous person you're working on a project about. Yes, I'm so excited. I am working with Daryl Roth on a brand new play called Gloria, which is about the one and only Gloria Steinem. It is going to be at the Daryl Roth Theater downtown in New York City in the fall. Very cool. All right. I want to hear more about some other projects you're working on. But first, let's do your money story. It is something that unfortunately, many people can relate to. And that is when a parent loses a job. You were just 16. Tell us what happened. When I was 16, I grew up in New Jersey and just kind of a regular existence. My dad had a great job working in the fashion industry and the whole industry, much like today, went through a major transition. The entire industry of the middlemen started falling apart because Target and Walmart were doing that work and going directly to factories 
all around the world to to find people to manufacture their goods. Financially, for our family, it was just a major, major change. So what did that mean for you? What was the changes for you? Well, it just meant that money wasn't coming easily anymore. And at a certain point, it also meant that my college education money wasn't as secure as I had thought. I wasn't getting a car, you know, when I turned 17. I was sharing a car with my dad where I would drop him off so he could go into New York City and I would pick him up at the end of the day. But it especially meant that I went out and I had always loved working, but started instead of doing, you know, one job that was babysitting after school, I went out and got three jobs. So I worked on the weekends at um, the local bagel store where I get there at five o'clock in the morning and Saturdays and Sundays, I would, you know, talk to the first people in at five and make their bagels and go through the soccer lines and everything else, making sure everyone got what they needed. And then I would hostess at night at Bennigan's, which was a- I loved Bennigan's. Of course. I still know the happy birthday song. I also grew up in New Jersey, of course, though. Yes, totally. And, you know, I was able to do, you know, obviously similar things there. And I also worked at Little Caesars when it first opened until I just couldn't take it anymore because I smelled so much like pizza. (laughs) And I was a nanny after school for a single mother, not my freshman year of college, but starting my sophomore year of college. I continued really doing that as well, trying to take all of my classes in two days. And then I started working at CNN five days a week at first for an unpaid internship and then hostessing at night. But it really was a wonderful experience because it changed how I viewed being able to support myself. So now you're a Broadway producer. Having this background with the needing to earn money in that kind of situation, do you look at budget items differently? Would you spend differently? Oh, totally. When I look at Broadway, you know, every single aspect of what you're doing has to relate to the return. And and then it has to relate to the artistic integrity of the piece that you're doing. I would say even at MTV, where I started in the 90s in Los Angeles, it was always about taking whatever the budget was, being able to respect the artistic integrity of the director or of the writer and and make sure to, to get them what they wanted visually, but how to do that within the parameters of what financially needed to be achieved. And that's always a really huge challenge, I think, for many people who get out of film school and budgeting is generally not significantly taught there. And I have always felt that for creative people, having that ability to understand the parameters around a budget, especially for large corporations who have real risk assessment needs and and cannot just go out and, you know, shoot without permits and know that they're not going to majorly get in trouble or use music that hasn't been cleared and just take the risk that they're not going to, you know, pay for it or have somebody come in and not have insurance for those people to make sure that if they get hurt, they don't take the risk and and have that actor or that camera person or the audio person not have backup so that if they get hurt, you're able to financially take care of them and not wind up getting sued and have it put you into major financial jeopardy as an independent producer. All of those things are what I'm thinking about all the time. There's a lot of economics 
behind the scenes. I, don't, I mean, pun intended. Yes, 100%. I started in political talk shows in Washington, D.C. with, actually, I completely forgot about this, your cousin, yes. Robin Gellman. Hey, Robin. One of the absolute best producers I have ever worked with, incredibly smart. But Robin loved the creative and she hated the financial piece. And the best thing that Robin ever did for me in my production career, and I credit her for this all the time, is that Robin threw the bills at me. And she said, you deal with this, you code it. And coding is in the networks or really in any company that you work for. It's a way of accounting for each individual expenditure you have so that when they put it through the massively gigantic books in the big picture, they're able to understand what they're spending on everything. And so she'd throw me the codes for the budgets and I would be able to look at each bill and really get to understand what it was costing for the networks to do what they were doing. That's what gave me the ability to do the job that I wound up getting at MTV in its heyday because I understood the costs of production and how to move money around, how to budget, how to figure out how to make a production work on the amount of money that we had to work with. What is the lesson for our listeners from this? I think the most important lesson is to make sure to key into where your real financial acumen is. Um, and that could come from any kind of experience in your life. See why that moment resonated for you and how you can move that moment forward for what you're doing at work or what you're doing in your home. Look at your finances and figure out how you can make happen what you want to make happen, even if you have a minimal amount of money to do it. And even if you're in a creative field, I mean, one thing that, that I notice is that, you you know, even the creative people need to understand the economics behind that creation. Oh, 100%. And, and what I like to say is that I, what my real skill set wound up being is that I am an excellent translator. Through my experiences, I was able to understand financial people and understand what they were getting at and why they were getting at why you could or couldn't spend money on something. And I was able to talk to creative people and explain to them why we did or didn't have the money to do what they wanted to do, but how we could creatively come up with a solution for how to get what they wanted in a different way within the money that we had. And I think that lacking often creates the best creativity for how to find creative ways out of a situation. All right, so Jenna, what is your money tip? Pick a number and create an emergency fund. When I was leaving Washington or decided I wanted to leave for Washington to move out to LA to begin working outside of political talk shows, I worked in a job where I only got paid once a month, and it really taught me how to budget wisely over the course of the month because, of course, I was living paycheck to paycheck. Knowing that I was going to get money at the end of the month, it made me think about how I could save to get to the $2,000 that I felt that I needed to get out to L.A. And ever since then, I always made sure to have $2,000 in the bank at all times as my getaway car, so to speak, because I always feel that as long as I have that $2,000 in the bank, I can just change. Get somewhere. Right. So it's not, it's not a traditional emergency fund where if you lost your income source, you would have six months to live on. It's a get out of town 
fund. It's a get basically. Out of town. Yes, exactly. Which is why I call it an emergency fund. It's not a exactly, but it's not. I don't. I don't want our, our regular listeners to be confused with the same kind of emergency fund. That's like you know, for if you're in dire straits, this is your get out of town. Yes, like yeah, li- literally like ca- quick cash fund. Literally, I need to change my life tomorrow. I have this money. <laughs> awesome. Well, you have a great life right now because you have so many amazing projects going on. Tell us what's going on with Siegel NYC. And you have another big thing that's happening in the fall of 2018, I think. Yes. With Siegel NYC, we're going to be producing in the fall, Gloria, as I mentioned, and then other projects that are brewing in the background. And then I have also started with a partner, Gatherer Entertainment, which is going to be a digital network for women. And we have a really fun newsletter at gatherertv.com if you're interested. But it's all really exciting. And there's what lots kinds of, of projects are you going to have on Gatherer? Yes. It's going to be everything from unscripted shows to scripted, but all in the original stuff that we're going to be doing is all going to be in shorter form. And we're working with really talented writers, some with names you know, some who don't, um, focusing on women's, um, the world that women live in right now, and really things that are going to be instrumental to them in their lives that aren't necessarily being talked about. Ooh, that sounds mysterious. All right, um, I can't wait. I think it's veiling the mysteries. That was a good tease, Jenna. Good job. All right, where can people learn more about you and about Siegel NYC and Gatherer and so on? Sure. So Siegel NYC and is SiegelNYC.com. Gatherer is GathererTV.com. And then I am on Twitter at Jenna Kat Siegel and Facebook and Instagram, although I don't use Instagram as much. I know I really have to get on it, but I just haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> well, I think you'll, you'll get there and you have great things happening and coming. So thank you, Jenna Siegel. Thank you so much. It was so good talking to you. such a fun interview. Can't wait to go see Jenna and Daryl Ross Gloria production in the fall. Financial grown-up tip number one, Jenna worked as a teen in multiple jobs because she had to, but it's also often a great learning experience for teens to work just because they get exposed to the universal basics of being an employee, show up on time, be reliable, follow directions, all that stuff. It can also motivate teens not just to work hard, but also smart and to have the best career that they can. I know having to memorize the price of every baked good at the Wyckoff Bakery in New Jersey as a teen definitely motivated me, and I know my future is not in food service. Financial grown-up tip number two, emergency funds. So Jenna talked about having $2,000 as an emergency fund. We then renamed it the Get Out of Town Fund. She basically was talking about money to buy a plane ticket and have a little spending money if you gotta go. But as we also mentioned, everyone actually also needs what we traditionally call an emergency fund in case your income stops for some reason. So in a perfect world, it would be about six months, more or less, depending on if you are a single person, then you might need a little more. If you have double income, you might need less because the odds of losing both incomes at once are lower. Now, if that is not a reality right now, and it's not for a lot of people, let's be honest about it. If you don't have it, here is a plan B. See if you can at least get a line of credit that could be available to you. The catch is you need to get the line of credit ahead of time, as in now when you don't need it. 
if you're not using it and you don't take money out, you're not paying any interest, so it's okay. But then you have it so you can tap into that money if you do have an emergency at much lower rates than say a credit card. And that's really important because right now we are in a rising rate environment. Thanks to everyone for joining us for another great financial grown-up podcast episode to stay up to date on episodes and also catch our fun promo videos. Follow me on social media at Bobby Rebel on Twitter, at Bobby Rebel one on Instagram. My page on Facebook is Bobby Rebel, And I'm also working on that YouTube page. So check it out and please subscribe. I would love your support. Jenna's star continues to rise in large part because she keeps a nice balance between the show and the business. So thank you, Jenna, for sharing with us and helping us all get one step closer to being financial grownups. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.